Heroes Not Included is a serialized story podcast featuring actual play of Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition from Wizards of the Coast. Wizards of the Coast own their respective trademarks, copyrights, and related materials. A special thanks to all the great people at Wizards of the Coast for all their hard work creating wonderful games for us to play. Previously on Heroes Not Included. We go to search for Maxine, the talking donkey. We search high and low, literally north and south, ward. And Brick is the one to find her. Probably the best person to find her. Mm-hmm. Founds out she saw a sun elf and her half-orc bodyguard and took them to the yawning portal, and they were talking about hiring spies to root out Xanathar's guild folks. So, with this information somewhat sloppily in hand, we return to our tavern, and as soon as we enter, a huge explosion happens outside. We were inspecting the blast. We're, we're all going around, trying to figure out what's going on, checking bodies, find a Zentarum tattoo on somebody's arm. There was a gnome that was outside, like just outside of our tavern with a dagger, which was curious. You asked somebody about what they saw, and they saw a cloaked man take something from the gnome, and it looked almost like a puppet. Heroes Not Included at that, you see a whole bunch of people beginning to descend upon the alley. Several griffin knights are circling in the air. You see city watch starting to pour in. You see city guards starting to pour in. I immediately find the person of rank okay, and kind of report in, as it were. Okay, you share some of the stuff that you've noticed and find, and they immediately begin cordoning off the whole area and blocking off the entire alley. When I see them coming in, I'm going to try to, I'm going to, try to slink off around the bent nail. Okay. Down an alley and, and try to like... Give me a perception check, Pandy. Nope. Inspiration. Yeah, please. I feel like this is important. I think so too. Much better. <laughs> um, that's going to be a 22. 22. You see a uh, small boy huddled behind a rain barrel. Cloaked? Tears streaming down his face. Is the boy cloaked? Cloaked? Yeah. Just looks as though they're dressed as an urchin. Okay. Um, probably not dressed as an urchin. They probably just, just are an urchin. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't go well, we don't to the urchin you know. outfit shop and be like, we, we don't want to. You know, makes me look it's sad. It's not Mary Kate Olsen. <laughs> we don't want to, you know, presume. Yeah. Um, Whoa. All right. That's um, real. You okay? What's wrong? My, my friends. <laughs> they're all dead. Right, calm down. Calm down. You're okay. You're gonna get through this. Did anyone hurt you? <laughs> They're all dead. We were singing and dancing and playing. And then and then the explosion happened. And, and I ducked behind this barrel. Did you see who did it? No. No. By her a plop in the barrel. What? But they're dead. They're dead. Okay. We were just playing and singing. I'm just going to kind of pull him in and say, what's your name? 
Martin? Martin, listen to me. You're going to be okay. You're safe. You see he's holding something. Can I see what it is? It looks like a, a necklace with charms on it. But each of the charms is a bright orange and red ball. Martin, where did you get that necklace? I found it in the barrel. <laughs> All right, I need you to do something for me. I need you to very gently hand that to me so that we can find out who did this to your friends and so that you're safe. But, but, but it's... I was thinking I could sell it. I could probably... You know, pay for my friends' funerals. We will pay for your friends' funerals. We will help you. Give me a persuasion check. You got this, Pandy? Ooh, I'm really not good at persuasion. I'm the worst person in the party, literally, at persuasion. Okay. 14. He lifts up his hand. He's shaking with sobs of sorrow and tears, and he kind of holds up his hand shakingly. And uh, sure enough, um, he hands over the necklace. You can see that at one time the necklace contained three beads. There are only two. Mm-hmm. And I probably recognize this as some kind of arcane necklace, just right. <laughs> I never imagine that I'm kind of familiar with this kind of stuff. I, I yeah. I mean, you can tell it's definitely a, a magical. We'll study further necklace. later. Martin, I want you to come with me to, to our tavern to Troll School, so we can get you fed and, and get you dry and, and get you to sleep. Okay, could we, let's take care of you, please. He doesn't really put up much of a fight. He's a bit too distraught to really fight you much. Um, but by the time you make your way out of the alleyway, you see that there is someone you've only heard of by rumor in the alleyway, being escorted by a sergeant of the city watch. Pandy, you know this person to be Barnabas Blastwind, uh, a member of the Watchful Order, Okay. Is considered to be one of the most intelligent and eccentric individuals in the order. Oh, we'll see about that. And I can be eccentric. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and is fairly famous in the order for working with the city watch and the city guards on investigations. Sure they're, fa- mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're really famous for figuring out what things happened. Okay. And you see that they're already standing over the explosion scene, looking oh, at the bodies. Perfect. Okay. I would like to approach Barnabas, one arm around the little Martin. Are they are they talking or are they just observing? Uh, you notice that Barnabas is standing there, nearly motionless, staring at each of the bodies, and then looking at each of the people in the crowd. And you notice the sergeant is kind of standing there with this little notepad <coughs> open this little pencil, as though poised to write something, but has yet to been told to write anything down, and so has begun to look rather awkwardly. I'll just kind of sidle up beside them with Martin and go... (coughs) (coughs) Uh, Barnabas continues to kind of look over the scene. Um, Ganesh, you have been instructed by the sergeant and a few other of your superiors to help cordon off the alleyway and to keep people from coming into the alleyway. Mm-hmm. I'm also asking people, as I'm kind of like, back up, nothing to see here. You know, did you see anything before? Yeah. Most of the people you are encountering now are people who've come after. Mm-hmm. Um, the City Watch has gone through and asked everybody to 
go back into their homes or their places of business. I assume, Eddie and Brick, that you comply with that request. Yes, I do. I feel uncomfortable with all these city watch people yeah, out. There's, so. there's a lot of popo around. Yeah. I'm dipping out. I am going into uh, the tiger's eye. Uh, it's not open to go into. Trench is standing out on the porch. Trench is on the porch? Yeah. I'm going to try and talk to Trench. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go up to him and say, meet me here at 7.30 p.m. No. <laughs> Whatever. I'm going to get flustered and frustrated. He says, I don't do anything for free, miss. Who said it was for free? <laughs> Smart, though. You're not my type. What the hell are you talking about? Anyways, I'm trying to get an appointment with you for money that I'll pay you. I just want it. I was trying to be cool here. Okay, I'm going to sort of regain composure and say this attack had something to do with the tavern. As the exceptional PI that I'm sure you are, I'm confident that you've already realized that that gnome was approaching my business with a dagger in hand. That makes me uneasy, and I would love to hear what you have to say about it at your earliest convenience, sir. Thank you. And I'm gonna go back into the tavern. Okay. <laughs> All right, you make your way back into the tavern. That um, didn't go how I expected. As I see um, Eddie approaching the tavern, yeah, I'm gonna say, you need to take care of him. He's been really traumatized by Does this. he look super traumatized? It's a 12-year-old boy who is covered in dirt and tears. And I'm, he keeps talking about his dead friends. I'll, I'll be in soon. I'm going <gasps> to and grab him and bring him inside and feed him a lot. So I think that counts as traumatized. Yeah, yeah he's. I can see that. Yeah. I'm going to start ordering oh, Leaf around. And wow! Help! I, we we need hands on all hands on deck. Very dominant yeah. bard here. Would you say it would be disaster relief? Yeah. Yes, I okay. would say that. Okay. I would say it would be that. <laughs> all right. So everyone is now back in the tavern. Or Pandy, are you staying outside? Actually, he is a member of my order. He is a, a member of the Watchful Order. Yes, he's a very prestigious member of the Watchful Order. And known to be trustworthy, a trusted kind of person, right? Known to be very trustworthy, virtuous. Barnabas Blastwind. Excuse me, I'm nervous. I've never spoke to someone of your stature within my order before. I believe I have some information that might be useful to you. Yes, yes, I'll be with you uh, shortly. Please return to your home. He says without even looking at you, without even removing his gaze from the scene. Really? Hmm. Interesting. Just, all right. No. Good luck with your weird thing you have going on. I have actual information, but whatever floats your boat. A few minutes go by. By the time uh, you are all inside the tavern, Eddie, you've had a chance to uh, help clean up Martum a little bit and to get some food in him. And you've since learned that his friends were the four halflings. Two of them uh, were playing instruments, and all five of them were dancing when the fireball went off. Finally, there is a brief knock at the door as the door is opened, and you see Barnabas walk in with uh, Sergeant 
Cromley. Oh, what a lovely visit. Fancy seeing you here. And he says, yes, yes, yes. Now, and he immediately looks at you, Brick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I take that and I just kind of start stepping back a just, bit. just like casual. Mm-hmm. Just like casual. Nothing going on here. He looks immediately looks at you, Brick, and he says, <sighs> Your name? Who wants to know? Uh, that would be me and Sergeant Cromley. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Brick? What happened here, Brick? I don't know. Do you know? Where were you when the explosion occurred? I wasn't here. Doing? Going about my business. <laughs> no, no, you're so <laughs> uncomfortable with the gun. Hey, Mom, can I just say, Ganesh, that while, like, after we come in, you and I probably would have been comparing notes about what we found out oh, while yeah. investigating? We were definitely comparing notes. Okay, cool. <clears throat> he uh, comes over to you, Eddie, and you're next to Martin. And he says, your name, miss? Eddie Evergreen. And what do you know about what occurred outside? Probably less than you do. What were you doing at the time of the explosion? Breakfast. Do you know anyone who was among the dead? No. He looks at Martin and he says, and you, young man, what do you know? And Martin begins crying again. I glare at both of these men. Okay, I'm coming here to re-traumatize this child. Yeah, and I'm Mm -hmm. I'm I'm gonna bring Martin in and sort of. Martin tells his story, and he ends by talking about how he had found this pretty necklace. And Barnabas replies, "Do you have the necklace?" And he says, "No." And he points to you, Pandy, and says, "I I gave it to her." I'm just sitting there with it like swinging between two fingers, like. Information. <laughs> so Barnabas walks over and says, Your name, please. Pansala Averio. See, Sergeant kind of write that down. He says, Ah, I see. This would be the necklace of fireballs that the young man found? Correct. You can see one of the beads is missing. Well, of course, it was used outside. Your reputation precedes you. I see why. <laughs> Very astute. <laughs> <laughs> he holds out his hand. Well, I'll take it from here. Pop it in his hand. Okay. He says, uh, do you know anything else about the explosion that occurred? Indeed. I know a bit more. I know that Fala, who works at the Corleone's Crown, will tell you they saw a cloaked man take something from the gnome found dead out front and limped away around the bent nail. That's how I found Martin here, because I was searching for that man who limped away. Unless that would explain that. I was in here with them eating breakfast when the actual last happened, so I didn't see what transpired with my own eyes. Sergeant Cromley, uh, note that we now know why the gnome was missing an item from his pocket. He then walks over to you, Ganesh, and he says, Constable, do you know anything about the events that occurred here? I do not know anything from my direct information, but I did speak to... A person in the crowd who said that the thing that caused the explosion wasn't a man but that it appeared to be some sort of puppet they compared it to what the house of Ins- the inspired hand does during the summer parade hmm, a nimble right yes of course that fits thank you very much anything else nope thank you now if you will excuse me please do not contaminate the crime scene Excuse me, but can I ask you one question? How did you know there was something missing? You already did. Uh, 
very clever. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm going to ask you a question. <laughs> How did you know there was something missing from the gnome's pocket? Because the pocket was misformed as though it had been holding something. It's really quite simple. All right, thank you very much. Please, uh, again. <laughs> Barney, I was wondering... Barnabas? Sorry, I'm so sorry. Were you, born in, a, were you born in a Barnaby? Barnabas, I was wondering if it wouldn't be too much to ask if you would keep us posted about your findings. I just feel like this had a little bit to do with our business. It may or may not have, but should there be something that comes up in my investigation that you need to know, I'll make sure you know it. But for the most part, leave it to the watch. We'll have it sorted. Thank you very much. Bye! And he makes his way out the door with Sergeant Cromley kind of running along behind trying to write everything down. If you're enjoying this Heroes Not Included episode, you can follow us on Twitter at HNI underscore podcast for the latest news and show updates. Also, please consider becoming a patron. Our patrons not only help us keep the lights on, they also gain special behind-the-screen access, including patron-only podcasts, videos, and more. To become a patron, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash heroes not included. And as soon as the door closes, I'm going to say, and we'll let you know if there's anything we learn in our investigations. (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) I stick my tongue out at him. All right, so you can see out through the window um, that the watch has, in fact, cordoned everything off. There are are still some onlookers, uh, you know, as happens, right? You see some sort of horrific event or accident, and, you know, people are going to lollygag, take a peek. But for the most part, everything's been cordoned off, and meaning that people can't get to our establishment, really. Yeah, no one can get into this alley. Come on, bad for business. No one can get into this alley. You see a variety of clerics arriving uh, to begin picking up the bodies. Hmm. Eddie, you said you're going to console Martum. I'm going to be I'm going to be playing music for Martum and sort of like, I'm a halfling. His friends are halflings. I'm going to do that because that won't be traumatic. Yeah. Okay. So remember that thing you were just doing before all your friends died? Okay. Let me do it for you. <laughs> Crap. Okay. You can play some soothing. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna play some, some gentle soothing, soothing music. gentle yeah. okay. music. Sounds but good. But also, what time is it? Uh, it's about eight a.m. Eight a.m. Yeah, we had just gotten up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah you okay. were eating before you even opened. You guys always eat breakfast together before you open up the table. Uh, so what I would like to do is I would like to go upstairs, put on my plate. Okay. It's like a 15-minute process. Uh, you need a squire. Make sure that I, I do not want a squire. <laughs> I want a uh, bus boy. Cool. Bus boy is fine. Well, I think we have a bus boy. <laughs> but I don't want a squire. And I'm going to actually leave. I'm going to have my watch cap on. Okay. Or my badge or whatever I get. My horn at my side. And I'm going to walk around and let everybody know that, uh, you know, if anybody wants a drink, (laughs) we're doing half price today since nobody can get back down here. Okay. Um, 
you know that if you leave, you'll probably be uh, assigned uh, a task or a duty to oh, perform. No. Yeah, yeah. Which can I wait and do that? Can I like schedule a task for myself? Siri, remind me <laughs> when all of these people are out of my alley. <laughs> To go tell my neighbors that drinks are half price today. Or yeah. you could ask someone a little bit more inconspicuous and persuasive. I was planning on doing this anyways, maybe with cookies. This okay. sounds like an Eddie job if I've ever heard Like one. cookies with little black marks on them that look like explosions. I'm going to veto <laughs> the explosion cookies. <laughs> they really pack a bunch. They're going to be spicy cookies. You'll have a blast. Ha! <laughs> yes. Okay. We Veto. use this new we use this new herb called wasabi. <laughs> Yikes. Okay, so I go up and I put on my plate. Can we take a moment here and also describe what our characters look like? Yeah. Um Gunesh comes down the stairs in their plate. And their plate is like a silver looking metal, but it is painted over top with like vines and flowers. Also things like boats, like you would see in the harbor, like Mm -hmm. kind of like on like a quarter panel of their armor, you'll see like a little little harbor scene. And like, there's like a galaxy kind of portion, you know, looking at the stars and, and constellation that you all recognize. They have their their helmet off, so you can see that they are kind of like a pale, greenish half-orc with piercing eyes. Mm. Piercing what eyes? Well, they're green, because they're Gunesh the Green. Okay. It's all green. It's all green. It's all green. It's all green. It's all green, baby. All right, cool. And I come down the stairs, and I stop at the bottom of the stairs, and I realize, crap, if I go out there, they're going to give me some task. So I turn and I look and see what everybody else is doing. What is everyone else doing? You walk downstairs and you see Pandy sitting cross-legged next to Eddie and next to Martin. She's a little prim and proper, you know, but she's also kind of a mess. Like her hair, she's like, She's an academic mess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Academic mess, yeah. So she has like violet hair, but it's kind of like done up with like a pin, like crudely, and just kind of tumbling around. She has uh, green eyes, but then she kind of has crazy eyes. A little bit, and she always looks a little bit manic. Can you kind of um, always see the white around her? Yeah, she's that. She's that person. Whoa! Like, mm. Yeah. And <laughs> so she kind of looks like kind of a nerdy scholar, but she it, it's its sensible. You mm-hmm. know, she doesn't dress in, like, scholar's robes, even though she has them. She kind of looks you like she... You also own a bar. Also own a bar, and fancy. she fancies herself a little bit of a scrapper, even though you know she's really kind of not... She seems like she wants to act like she's like a little tougher and more savvy than she is. She just kind of looks like a disheveled nerd a little bit with a sword and a sensible waistcoat. Okay. Brick? There's still a lot of police out there, man. Yeah, I'm just really uncomfortable, so I'm just pouring myself a drink. Okay. Even surly. Maybe yeah. more tic-tac-toe. Yeah. I may have five o'clock somewhere, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yep. <laughs> He's, uh... A tall, stocky fellow. Definitely looks like he's been in a lot of scraps. His, his nose is a little bit, you could tell it's been broken a couple of times. He's got a little bit of a receding hairline. Probably in about his mid-40s. But he's uh, wearing his only set of clothes, which is a really raggedy 
set of like really dark blue shirt and just really well-worn trousers. My, my shoes probably have like holes in them. Generally has a bit of a grimace even when he's trying to be friendly. Got kind of like a dumb charm about him. Like, like his name, yeah, yeah. he's built like a brick house, just really stocky, a little frumpy, but... A, a, more than a little, it's more, like. more than a little, yeah. but... Uh, but no, he's... Uh, yeah. Other than that, that's, I think that's pretty much brick. I love brick. He's a good guy. He's solid. I love me some brick. And oh, as for the eyes thing, he's probably got blue eyes. Oh. And black hair. I am sitting downstairs... I changed out of my nightgown once we came back. I'm small. I'm a halfling. I wear a very big floppy hat. I'm missing one of my front teeth and my thumb. But I play the loot great, regardless of how many digits I have. I love beer, and I have a nice big round beer belly. Um, and... And probably a beer close by. And a beer close by. I like beer. But I'm not a drunk. I just like beer. I mean, to be fair, everybody is kind of a drunk in this. We are friends because we have the same bar. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we own a bar. Yeah, and we own a bar. And also, like, clean water and stuff. Yeah. Bonus. <laughs> Bonus. I mean, I know there's magic in this world, but it's probably still kind of expensive. Yeah. But um, I've got pigtails, and I don't really take very good care of my clothes. And that's just... I'm just bumming around. Playing songs. Doing my thing. Like it. And you're playing soothing music? Yeah, but I think when you come down the stairs I lock eyes with you. Mm-hmm. I sort of make a weird round motion with my finger, like walk around the neighborhood and sort of nod at you. Knowingly. Uh, I kind of like... Looks sad, like I want to go with you, but I can't. And then I nod. So I turn to Pandy and say, Have you got Martum? Martum, how are you okay? I know you're not okay. Are you. you I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'll be back soon. And I'm gonna head out. He'll and... be fine. I got him. And I start making little minor illusions. Little prestidigitation minor illusions. Yeah, yeah, I'm just yeah. do some like pretty stuff and be like, Ooh, you've never seen a horse that looks green, have you? <laughs> Wow. I'm leaving. I'm going to go let everyone know that they are invited. Because I feel like, yeah, everyone's invited. Cheap drinks. We're all friends here. And I've been really wanting to reach out to our neighbors anyhow. And also this relationship between you and Rochelle. Yeah, Rochelle. Sort of excites me. I'm, I'm looking forward to your budding romance. I really hope you put in a good word. I don't have to. <laughs> I have I'm cookies with explosions awkwardly. on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm standing awkwardly in my plate. <laughs> yeah, just like... Because I was so intent on going out. Loud clothes. <laughs> clank, clank, clank. You just start doing, like, your practice routines right in the middle of the bar. <laughs> I mean, why not? I'm just hanging out with Martin. Okay. You decide, Eddie, that you're going to, you know, tell everybody, hey, come down to the tavern. You know, we'll, we'll be running a special... Unfortunately, you're required to wait out in front of the tavern for another hour before the city watch is done clearing the street and uh, before Barnabas feels that uh, he has gotten all the clues that he needs before you're finally allowed to walk around to the neighbors. 
Um, you are pleased to find that everyone was planning on coming down to the tavern anyway to talk about everything that had just happened. Perfect. They're very excited to hear that not only is the tavern going to be open, but that uh, there's going to be a discount. So, uh, And then the rest of you, you are there. Uh, Pandy, you are comforting Martum. Brick, Ganesh, what are you doing? Are you comparing I'm notes? I'm probably you... uh, playing barkeep. Yeah. Brick's probably with Leaf preparing yeah. for all of the people that are going to be showing up. I'm probably... Preparing to be security. <laughs> I'm probably kind of hanging out, like kind of buzzing around where they are and picking Brick's brain about, you know, the Zentarum guy. Did you recognize him? No. Never saw him before. What about these, uh, nimble whites? What's a nimble white? I kind of turn towards Pandy. I go, Pandy, do you know what a nimble white is? Actually, they're nimble rights. Do I know? Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, give me an arcana check. Oh, God. Well, actually, the nimble rights, and yes, I know everything about them. Um, a 25. 25. Very well. Uh, you know that the majority of nimble rites are kept at the House of Inspired Hands, which also serves as the temple to Gond, and that... Oh, really? During the Day of Wonders parade that happens in late summer, early fall, the House of Inspired Hands often includes nimble rites in their parade. Um... They are usually created to be servants or assassins, and they are oftentimes used as essentially mechanical labor. Thank you for listening to Heroes Not Included. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to rate and review us. We'd love to hear from you. You can find all our episodes on Podbean and on our website at heroesnotincluded.com. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe today using your favorite podcast app. Also, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash heroes not included. And finally, our podcast is supported by Josh Heddle, Allison McManus, Shane Fetters, Jake McNinch, Amy Trout, and Matt Mitten, along with all our awesome patrons. To become a patron and gain access to our special patron-only podcast, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash heroes not included. Until next time, be the hero.